0: On today's show, we'll recap the Leafs falling short in Florida. How concerned are we over the lack of scoring? And is William Nylander really worth $10 million annually? All that more coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day.
1: Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: the Locked On least Podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit Fanduel.com slash Locked On to get started. Well, Dave, it's another L in the column for the Maple Leafs as uh, they lose to the Florida Panthers by a score of three to one. They're now five hundred on the year. Uh, what, what'd you make of that one, buddy? Bit of a snooze fest.
1: Yeah, especially early on, like it just felt like this team had no energy, no juice, as we like to say sometimes, off right off the hop, and they deserved to be down two nothing in that game. Right, like the Florida came out as the more aggressive, hungry team, and the least paid for it. It's uh, it's getting to be a little annoying. Let's just say to see. Well, this yeah, we're up.
0: we're four games into the season, and they've given up the first goal in each of those games. And what's annoying about it, Dave, is this is not. Here's the 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 problem, right? So we're four games into the season. And I went back and I was kind of trying to remember, okay, what happened last year? Because I do recall a tough October last year and the year before that. This team, it's been the same thing year after year after year. They get off to a slow start. They never show up on time. And it's a turnover fest. It's sloppy play. Uh, they're undisciplined to start the year. Mitch Marner usually takes him a couple of weeks to get going. And then that's when the team starts to really get going. And that's kind of been again, the situation here, like, yeah, Matthews and, and Nylander are, are getting their cookies and sure Marner scored tonight. And I think he did look a little bit better tonight than he did previously, but and this isn't like a, a crapping on Marner fest. I'm just saying these are themes that have popped up over the course of the last couple of couple of seasons, and it's just happening again, right? It, it's happening again. Leaky defense. They letting guys get through. They're they're allowing too many odd man rushes. Now some of that stuff did get cleaned up tonight. Like Florida wasn't great. There wasn't many grade A chances that they were able to get. But ultimately, it, it's it's so tough for the Maple Leafs to climb out of a hole. When they find themselves down two goals after two peer after a period. And that's where they found themselves tonight. And they found themselves having to climb out of a hole in every single one of these games. They've yet to get on the score sheet first and just establish a lead and then carry it through. They've yet to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, they, they have not. I think the best way is, as you kind of said, like they haven't been able to establish their game right from the get go. And in this game particularly like, the Panthers had some, like, play with some desperation, especially with the Leafs pressing. What were the Panthers doing to make sure that the Leafs were frustrated, Block getting those lanes, blocking shots, blocking passes? Sergei Bobrowski was getting those second, third chances that were c- coming his way. Like, that that's something the Leafs, we haven't really seen, right? You know? They're not really blocking as many shots. They're not, you know, making it tough uh, for Panthers players to, for those Panthers players to get into the scoring lanes. Right? Those are things that you have to do to win games, right? And so it's it's frustrating that it takes them until the five minute mark of the third period for them Dude. to really turn on the pressure.
0: And it's always been that way, though. It's always been that way with this group. Like, you could could go all the way back to the playoff bubble and the play-in where they kept their season alive for an extra game because they finally decided to wake up with five minutes left in game four against Columbus and forced to game five where they completely pooped on themselves again. Almost came back in that game, too. And then you think about what happened in Montreal. Like, Montreal, they had to come back late and score a couple of goals to even salvage uh, that victory that they ended up getting on opening night um it's it's just that they consistently have not been able to put together a, a 60 minute performance not one of these first four games has been a 60 minute game and again it's just a recurring theme every october this team gets really it's really slow out the gate and i do i do wonder dave like how much of it do you think it has to do with the amount of turnover that we see with this team? Like this is a team that's been up against the cap and they haven't been able to keep a lot of guys and they've had to kind of go and change up some players Whether it was, you know, Hyman leaving they had to bring in bunting. And then, you know, the other guys who they bring in uh, this year, obviously with, with Matthew Nyes coming in and then them signing Max Domi and, Klingberg and Bertuzzi and, and bringing in Noah Gregor and Ryan Reeves. Like there's just so many moving parts with this roster. How much of this year's struggles do you think has to do with the fact that this team is still just looking for that chemistry?
1: Yeah, you could say that's has to do with part of the reason, right? Cause you know, the course stayed the same, but the, a good amount of, I think they said what, nine players from last year's playoff team, isn't like aren't isn't here this season, right? So like that's 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 a lot of your roster, right? But the same point at the same time, this is the salary cap era. A lot of teams go through turnover. Look at the Panthers; they're missing quite a few players. They had a lot of turnover too, and they won. They they've been able to go find a way to win games. You know,
0: it, it's actually pathetic that the the Leafs were only able to get one goal. The Panthers had no Ekblad, no Montour, Rako Gunas isn't there anymore, and you had Sergei Bobrovsky, who had like an eight eighty eight save percentage coming into this game, and they're only able to beat him once, and it was on the man advantage. It was yeah. the only
1: time they could beat them. And and look at that goal that was scored on the man advantage. Marner in front of the net, get fighting through traf, fighting through guys in front of the net to get the rebound. Simple hockey, really. Like it's there wasn't anything fancy about it. It, Every play isn't going to be fancy. Every play isn't going to be, you know, a highlight real goal doing the nitty gritty things will get you results. Right. And I don't know if that's, uh, you know, the players just are trying to, you know, follow what the coaches are putting out there and the, you know, setting up these plays or the instincts aren't kicking in, but like, Once in a while, like, let's get let's simplify things just a little bit, especially when you're, you know, going now on two games with only a single goal apiece.
0: Yeah. And that's I mean, only one goal at five on five in the last two games with, you know, didn't score at all at five on five tonight against Florida. Um, I mean, the thing is, Dave, and we can complain about, you know, the lack of scoring but they're getting goals from Matthews they're get, they got some goals from Nylander this year they've just got to start getting some goals from the bottom end of their roster though i think at the end of the day those are the players that need to kind of wake up cuz they're not getting anything from those guys yeah. nothing
1: and what happened in that in the second and third period Sheldon Keith like talk about blending the lines like Ooh, no
0: one was safe Matthews no. and Marner. That was the only the only safe pairing. Matthews, Marner, and then move it all over the place. Was there any combination that you actually liked,
1: though? Like, there was at one point where it, I think it was Domi, Nice and was it Bertuzzi? Yes. Like, you know what? If Domi wins a faceoff. It looked like maybe they could get some per- like sustained pressure. You know, like... Domi's actually pretty good at face-offs. And if he's able to win, like they had they had their struggles at the face-off dot, but like that's the thing. If Domi's able to win face-offs, especially in the offensive zone, use that skill to your advantage, right? Maintain getting possession of the puck in the offensive zone is crucial. And actually, I think it was um Dave Poulin who made a really good point on the panel saying This team wasn't cycling. They weren't getting, they weren't doing what this team is built to do, which is cycle and things like that. Guys like Matthew Nice, Tyler Bertuzzi are supposed to do that. That's what makes them so, so important players on this team. And they haven't been doing that really.
0: Well, that's what you got to do, especially against a a blue line. That's, you know, as beaten as that is right. Like they're, they're missing their top two defensemen and Brandon tour and Aaron Eckblad. So a way that you can try and beat those guys, you know, the, the the young bucks that are out there or the, you know, the players that aren't as good, um, you know, you, you work them in, in their own end, right? You you cycle the play around and then eventually you work it to the net once you break them down and hopefully you can have some scoring chances. Yeah, the stat that Dave Poole threw out on the broadcast, zero, zero scoring chances off of the cycle in the first period um and that's just not gonna be a winning formula against a team like florida like you you have to win the four check battle and ultimately that's why they lost this game that's why they've lost a lot of games so far this year but look I, I, we watched this florida team beat toronto last year for well two reasons one, Bobrovsky was unbelievable uh so that was that was the main reason but also florida forechecked the hell out of toronto and a big reason why the lease went out and got Domi and they got Reeves and they got Bertuzzi and they're hoping to get big things in a Matthew Nye's who's six foot four hundred or two hundred and fifteen pounds is because they want them to play the heavy game. It's because they want them to go in and lean on Florida defenders and then create chances off of that. But when they're not doing that, it's it's not going to be a recipe for success because guess who is the Florida Panthers? And guess how they scored both of their goals tonight. Strong forecheck, Dave, off of a strong forecheck. Like, it's it's pretty simple that that's what their game plan is. And, uh, you know, Toronto just does not want to establish one at all. At all. It's wild to me.
1: Frustrating because that's being strong on the forecheck. Like, their best, I mean, the best player at that tonight was Austin Matthews, right? Finding those loose pucks, finding a way to keep the play alive. I think Tavares did a little like third period. They were a master at keeping the puck in a sustained pressure. It's the third period though. Like you're not being paid to do this for one period. You're paid to do it for three periods. Yeah. That's the frustrating part.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll, we'll continue to go over some of the, uh, some of the themes and break down this game. We'll get to the good, the bad, the ugly, And uh, we've got to have a discussion. There's some reports out there on William Nylander's contract. The quiz tossed out a potential framework of a deal. We'll have our thoughts on that as well. And we'll do all that afterward from our show sponsors today. Uh, Dave, tell us about uh, our first one.
1: First one is our friends over at Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping they have access to medication in an emergency situation. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. It's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medica- medication delivery and ongoing consultation of care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off. These life saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That is J A S E medical.com.
0: And today's show is also brought to you by. Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than the regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any Movement Bird Dogs uses anti-stink anti sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs are functional for any occasion. Took mine out on the golf course last weekend. It was, uh, trust me, I was, I was swinging, Dave. I was getting my swing on over there. So show yourself, uh, you know, go, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. Enter the promo code locked on NHL at checkout. For a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order, that's birddogs.com/slash locked on NHL. For a free water bottle at checkout, you won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with my main man Dave Morasuti. We are a uh, daily Maple Leaf centric podcast here at Locked On Leafs. Uh, if you haven't already, we asked if you enjoyed today's show. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us up on YouTube or wherever you subscribe uh, to podcasts. Run all of the audio platforms as well. Uh, really quickly, we're getting some um, some notes and some quotes coming out from the Maple Leafs post game. Here sounds like the the biggest reason for the shakeup, I guess. Uh, specifically, when it came to Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, Sheldon Keefe said he was dealing with a bug and just wasn't hundred percent and. Felt that uh, you know, that for, for that reason, other players probably would have been better off with, with more minutes playing up in the top six. So that's the big reason, I guess, why we saw Bertuzzi move, which caused a whole bunch of other moving parts. So whether or not uh you know, we, we see the blender come out in practice for the game this weekend against Tampa, who knows? I guess that, that remains to be seen. Um, but that was the reasoning apparently for some of the movement that we saw today. Uh really quickly. Before we kind of move on and get to uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, you know, Samsonov returned to the crease tonight and stopped 21 and 23 shots and and shut the door after the first uh, first period where he gave up a couple of goals. I mean, a bit of a backbreaker with six seconds left. You never want to see that, obviously. But what'd you make of Samsonov's game tonight? Would you say that that was kind of the bounce back that he needed?
1: Yeah, I mean, after the se- like the second goal, I wasn't a huge fan of like the first goal. The guy. It, that, it looked like
0: maybe maybe Matthews may have screened him, like, up yeah. up high, up high, but it looked like maybe there was some bodies in front. But
1: It wasn't a clean, yeah, he wasn't beat cleanly. Um, but, yeah, after that, like, there were some really tough saves he had to make in this game. And, yeah, once the Leafs finally figured out that they needed to buckle down a little bit and also sustain some pressure on the other end, he was much better. And... I, this is an encouraging start, uh, start for him because, a he didn't allow more than four goals in the game, right? Yeah. So I think I think that's yeah, it's a step in the right direction for him. Uh, you'd like to see him at least make one save on one of those goals, but at the same time, when you, your goalie allows two or less, should with this offense, you should find a way to win.
0: A hundred percent. He's not the reason they lost uh, lost tonight. That's that's for certainty. When it comes to Samsonov, which is uh, I kind got of somewhat ironic considering that Samsonov didn't put up winning performances in the two previous games that he did get the W for, but um, yeah, I, you know what, I, you you do have to also acknowledge that the Leafs defense played all right. They only gave up four high danger shots at five on five throughout the entire game, um, and if you look at the heat map, really not a whole lot in front of uh, in front of the goaltender. A lot of them was kept, you know, to Uh, above the hash marks, really. I think the average save for Ilya Samsonov tonight was uh, the average shot distance, rather, was 31 31 feet out. So, you know, not too, too close. Um, So uh, that's a positive, I suppose you could say, for the Maple Leafs. Um, And definitely, although it's a loss, it is a step in the right direction, I would say, for Samsonov after a couple of not-so-great starts in uh, the first couple games that he played. Uh, All right, with that, I guess we kind of already talked about one of the good things that we liked tonight. Uh, let's get to the good, the bad and the ugly. We'll start with the positives. Dave, uh, what was good tonight?
1: Yeah, I thought uh, after the first period of the sec- second, third period, the Leafs figured out ways to reverse the pressure on the Panthers. Right. I thought the defense did play better than they have all season. They weren't, as you said, giving up those grade a scoring chances. So I thought the, I thought, you know, there, were a lot, there was a lot of talk about how bad the defense has been. First two goals, you'd like to see them play better. But it's a step in the right direction after what we saw the first few games of the year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it for sure is a step in the right direction. And funny enough, who's the guy who we picked on after our last show? Who do we pick on the most?
1: Good old Jakey boy
0: good old jakey boy and uh i'll say this he had a better a better night tonight i did not see him below the goal line which is really all i was paying attention to was That's making fun. sure making sure that didn't happen and uh the numbers look good man when when him and Lilligren as a pairing when they were out there tonight 50 uh ozone starts 50 percent d zone starts i guess you could say so they were pretty much starting everywhere, but an 83% expected goals when those two were out on the ice. And uh, they outshot the opponents 10 to two. So they only allowed two shots on goal. One of which unfortunately was a goal, <laughs> but still I thought that they were, they were you know solid for the most part. And uh, I guess that was what the intention was when they made the, the switch, the deep pairings got put into the blender at practice. And we saw it kind of come to fruition and uh, you know a blunder here and there from from um, I keep wanting to say Lilligren, Klingberg, uh, you know a blunder from Klingberg on that first goal, and then obviously they got beat on the second goal as well. But for the most part, I thought that the the defense was pretty good tonight.
1: Yeah, and you know it's not gonna be it's going to be a work in progress because you know Klingberg's new, and him and Jordano have they like I, no one would thought that they would play with each other this season, right? So they're going to work. Uh,
0: no one thought it was going to happen. I There are many, many lineup cards that I filled out this summer. One of them, I believe, had a Giordano. It and wasn't Klingberg. near the
1: top of my thought process in terms of a pairing. But, I mean, like, you know, injuries can always change that, right? So I guess I can't say it was never going to be a possibility. But, right. like, that... They haven't played with each other during, you know, I don't even think they were alive Klingberg. together even during practice and training camp.
0: No, well, no, because Klingberg got hurt like right away. Yeah. Like he got injured, in, I think it was the first game of preseason, and he had only practiced with Jake McCabe at that point. So, yeah, I don't, he definitely. I don't think they had any mm-hmm. chemistry together um, before tonight's game. I guess yeah. the last game that had like the third period together, but yeah, not not a whole lot of time together.
1: No, and that's and that's. I mean, they're both veterans too, though. You can ex- you hope that they're able to, you know, figure it out, especially you know when you're asked, especially to play a little more of an offensive role rather than being strictly a shutdown pairing. Yeah, and you put
0: right. them in a good, you, you put them in a good spot. That's exactly what Sheldon Keith did. Which is, I mean, this is why he changed them up when they went on the road, right? You look at them um, seven. Of their, or they had only one of their nine uh, zone starts were in the defensive zone, so that goes to show that uh, you know when it came to to Klingberg and Giordano, there was clearly an emphasis on making sure that those guys didn't spend a lot of time in the uh, in in their own end, and that's just that's I mean that is good coaching, and a lot of people don't like Sheldon Keefe as a coach for whatever reason, but that's kind of what that's all about. Uh, I mean, Austin Matthews had a, had another great game. I mean, hands down, I think he was the least best player uh, for what seems to be four out of four games now. Um, oh, yeah, five shots on goal, uh, won 73% of his minutes at five on five, looked good on the, on the penalty kill. There's that one penalty kill where what do you, he kind of a little dump and chase, recover the puck, and then had a wraparound chance. Like, that's why that guy's out there for an opportunity to, you know, do stuff like that on the pk and uh didn't really allow a whole lot as well i mean he was on the ice for i think the second goal um which i think he was somewhat screening Samsonov on but outside of that you know didn't allow a whole lot when he was on the ice there's no credited high danger chances while he was on the ice according to natural stat trick either so uh, i I, thought matthews again man pretty solid pretty good stuff out of him
1: yeah he's pulling his weight like if we're gonna be critical of any players Austin Matthews goes way lower on the on the list of players. I have issues with how they're playing.
0: Can't have any criticisms with Austin Matthews uh, right now. The bad what was uh, what was bad, Dave.
1: Well, I mean, bad and ugly, right? Um, I say the bad is giving up the uh, you know another game where you are down early. Yeah, but for me, it's the
0: penalties, man. Like we're we're, we're taking too many penalties here, and that's on both sides. Like well, real. So
1: there's they kind of evened out a little bit. They
0: game. did, but it's like stupid penalties are being taken. I mean, like Noah Gregor, that holding the stick penalty. Like, what do what you what are you holding the stick there for? Like Ryan Reeves takes that penalty too. It's like, man, like you just inopportune times and, and look, you you just want don't want to put yourself at a disadvantage. You're already down in the game. The the last thing you want to do is give up a power play goal and then find yourselves down three goals. And, um, you know, that's just what well, they do. They took four penalties tonight. The PK was solid. Like they went yeah. four for four, but still just, you know, don't they, they got to be. I think Bertuzzi, do you take another penalty tonight as well? Another one? I think
1: he did. <laughs>
0: like It's just a little bit undisciplined, undisciplined play. So that that's got to be cleaned up for sure.
1: No, definitely. Because uh, like when you're looking at. You either want the Leafs to be on the power play or you want to be playing 5-on-5. Five five. This leaves team, you do not want to be seeing killing penalties. Now, Matthews did have some good looks on the penalty kill. Sure, but sure. But that's not, that's not a recipe for success. That's not what you want to be seeing that you have to get. That's how you're trying to get Austin Matthews' offense. He should be doing it at 5-on-5 five five and on the power play.
0: Well, yes, he's had more chances at 5-on-5 five and five the power play than he did shorthanded so that that does make sense you know what actually wasn't good tonight the least in the face-off dot they lost a yeah. lot of face-offs tonight um and i noticed that early on so i made it a point after the game to go and check and yeah they lost 43 percent of the draws 57 percent were won by uh, the florida panthers david camp 27 percent in cool. the circle tonight
1: I didn't realize it was that. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing that. Wow, that's way worse than I thought.
0: That's your shutdown center who's supposed to win you a big face-off. That, that, he's got to be better, man. Got to be better in the in the dot. Has to be.
1: And thinking, like, who's he losing it to, right? Like, Barkov, Barkov's one of the better face-off men in the league. I can see why. But, like, Lundell, right? Like, Lundell was pretty good for the... uh
0: I think I could tell you exactly who he lost to because I think it doesn't show up in the faceoff summary. The
1: uh, 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 it might, I think on NHL.com it might, but
0: like it doesn't say who you lost to, but it shows you the the zones that you lost it in. And yeah, he went 0 for two in offensive zone faceoffs, 0 for two. No, two for six in defensive zone faceoffs, and then one for three in the neutral zone. That's, that's but 0 for nice. 2, 0 for 2 on the PK. Like, that's, that's, can't be doing that. <laughs> like, that's
1: just... Like, th- this is somebody who got a really good pay raise and, you know, a lot of us believe he was deserving of it. And he hasn't looked good this year so far. Like, he's struggled quite a bit. Um, and, like, that's an area that, of David, like... David Camp gets thrown onto the ice in overtime because he's good at faceoffs. Yes, um, like that's your
0: he's your face off get off guy. He has yeah. been for the last two years at least, and this year it, there's there's not a lot of trust there, man. Like we're we're four games in, and he's got a sub fifty percent face off. That's that's uncamp like.
1: No, and it's it's unacceptable, really, for someone that's that's like one of your supposed to be one of your traits. And this is uh, a
0: team that prides themselves on being, you know, a, a high win rate when it comes to the face-off dot. Mm-hmm. Like Manny Malhotra was one of the best, best in the biz yeah. when he played. And when he came to Toronto, that was a big emphasis was, hey, we're going to we're gonna teach you all how to win some draws here. And it worked. Like if you go and you look at how much of a boost Matthews and, and Tavares and like those numbers uh, took in the face-off dot, it worked. For whatever reason, you know, camp this year just not winning, uh, not winning a whole lot of draws. And when you're a team that is a possession based team, well, you got to get possession by winning faceoffs. So that's kind of where things are starting to go awry a little bit for this team too. Um, and, and tonight again, just just forty three percent success rate right in the dot, not good enough. Uh, really quickly, the ugly. Um, depth I mean, scoring. Depth scoring. Yeah. That's that the depth is, is they're not even generating any chances like nothing. Really? I guess he had the, like Noah Gregor went hard to the net at the end of the second period to draw a penalty and nice tried to bang at a rebound that there was like a, maybe it was a goal type of thing. But outside of that, like, I'm trying to legitimately think like, where did I go? Oh, that's a goal. And then, oh, what a stop by Bobrovsky. It really wasn't like, no. And like that, like the team had chances, but no one in the bottom six really.
1: Like, this is this is like, you know, okay, Bertuzzi gets a little bit of a pass, as Keith mentioned. He's not at 100, percent he's not feeling great. And he I has a don't. goal, he has a goal. At least he scored, scored yeah, he has score. Like, this is on guys like Domi, you know, Matthew Nye's. You know, you're the rookie stage, I understand there's gonna be you're not gonna replicate what exactly you did last year, but this is a little bit, at the same time, a little bit too much of a of a struggle here where you have a guy like Nick Robertson I think at one point, five points in two games, LA Freeman saying, you know, he's probably seeing what's going on with the Leafs right now and wondering what do I have to do to get an opportunity here? Bobby McMahon same thing, couple goals yeah. in a game in the AHL like these were guys who didn't get jobs out of camp but here's yeah. Fraser Minton, getting a job.
0: Right, that's where that that's where I was gonna jump off from there is. Well, there's one guy who isn't guaranteed a spot on the roster past yeah. tomorrow. Realistically, if if yeah. if the least wanted to, um, he does have, I guess, four or five more games to show that he can, you know, stick in the NHL. But he's he really hasn't done anything through four games to suggest that he's ready for the and task. And there's another
1: one that struggled in the face-off dot.
0: Yeah, what did he what was he tonight? He was thirty six percent. Yeah, not great, not great, Bob, not great. Um, yeah, they they've got to start finding a way to to get some scoring in that depth. And yeah, maybe it is calling up Nick Robertson or 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 Bobby McMahon or Pontus Holmberg, who I thought looked great yeah. in the preseason. He's someone who who can provide a goal. Uh, do we? <laughs> Do you want to get into the Ryan Reeves debate? Because that guy's not a, a big goal scorer. I mean, do you need to take him out of the lineup to get some to get some more offensive punch in there? Well, you've got the the physical punch, but I mean, you're not winning games that way. Sadly, uh, like it, that is a worthwhile conversation. Yeah. I think like he's this he was the discussion that playing,
1: he shouldn't be guaranteed 82 games, and you know, right? He shouldn't be guaranteed play 82 games. A lot of these, a lot of the bo- guys in the bottom six, Noah Greger, he's ha- he's looked good, but he's a guy that's got to start throwing in some results once in a while to justify yeah. being in the lineup each and every game. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's like of, of the depth guys, I guess he's, he's not like at the top of my list where I'm like, yeah, this guy should probably take a seat up in the press box. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's in that mix where it's like, you got to earn your spot every night. And at some point, I think they're going to have to make a decision on Minton here soon. And someone's going to come up and, and hopefully whoever they do bring up, whether it is McMahon or it is Holmberg or whoever it may be, um, can kind of bring just a little bit of a jolt to this bottom six and a bit more of a scoring touch because uh, they desperately, desperately need it. Because, um, they, I mean, look, you're not going to get a goal from Matthews and Nylander every single night. You're just not, although it seemed like it early in the season. First couple games looked a lot of fun, but it's not going to happen. Every game you need those depth players to come up big for you. And it just has not been it, not been it, not even, not even close, not even close. Um, So yeah, that's, that's been ugly, not just tonight, but really the last, uh, the last few games here. All right, let's take a quick break here, Dave. When we get back, let's uh, let's get into this William Nylander discussion. They were talking about it on the broadcast a little bit. They threw out a theoretical number at what his contracts could look like. Uh, we'll give our thoughts on whether or not we think it could be higher, lower, if that's just right. So we'll have that discussion on the other side. But before we do, let me tell the good folks about our friend over at Sleeper. Matthews scores a hat trick. The Leafs win the Stanley Cup. And if you want to win 100 times your money, play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. These are all possible scenarios for this season. But to have a chance at winning big, you need to play daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. As the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network, Sleepers are a top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. With studs like Matthews and McDavid, Crosby, McCarr. All you need to do is pick more or less on these stats for these stars. Choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Lee fans. 100 times payouts on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right so you can win big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL. And you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply that's locked on NHL. See Sleeper's Terms of Use for details. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. To Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti, we are reacting to the Maple Leafs' 3 1 loss to the Florida Panthers yesterday. And uh, during this broadcast, there was a discussion about William Nylander's contracts, and it's been a topic of conversation. I guess, really ever since last spring when we found, well, when we knew, okay, there's a potential that he could extend starting July 1. That didn't happen, and nothing happened over the course of the offseason. It was a question on the first day of training camp, and uh, it still remains a question today. Um, but the quiz uh, had a little fun, and, and they had a um, – a number that they threw out there of nine point seven million dollars AAV for William Nylander. So I'll extend that to you, Dave. Uh Nylander, does he sign for, for more than that, less than that amount? Or does that sound, I guess, the, like like the the right on the money?
1: I would say that's in the range. I well, don't obviously think
0: obviously it's in the range, Dave. Like, like I
1: would say he it, like that's max. To me, that's the ceiling because I can't see him being a $10 million player for a couple of reasons.
0: Does he look like a $10 million player to you this year?
1: At times he does. And then at times, frankly, there's parts of his game that kind of lack that, you know, when you're looking at comparing him to those guys that make $10 million a year, there's parts of his game that doesn't, you know, measure up to that.
0: So let me, let me, let me, let me push it further. What would you need to see from Nylander? In order for him to walk into Brad Living's office and say, I'm worth 10 sheets. This is why pay me. What would you need to see for if you were Tree Living to do that?
1: Well, I would see need to see better effort on defense, first and foremost. Like his defensive numbers haven't been great. I mean, that's his hasn't always been his game, right? right. We know he has his shortcomings defensively, but somebody who wants to be paid among the elite players should be looking to make like, a lot of it is can be can be attributed to effort making smart plays and things like that defensively so that's one and two they try to put him at center that quickly went away it would have been nice if he would have now I, it's not all on him i don't I
0: think mean. it's gone by the way like no. I, again if minting goes down there's a chance they go back to that yeah.
1: I want to, I like, I want to see Neilander kind of say, you know what, we're struggling to put up offense. Give me a chance to help this depth out a little bit. Help, let me help spread the scoring out because as long as Keith is married to the Matthews Marner duo, and personally, I think that that duo should be split. You know, if this whole lack of scoring below the top line, below the top six continues. Like, hot
0: take hot take
1: at some point something needs to change and like you know i would like to see one of the players i like to see william nylander take it upon himself to say you know what we're not getting things done let's see if i can shake things up a little bit like take a little bit of uh, that leadership to say i want to pull this team out right look he has you know the first two couple games of the year I've seen a guy who clearly wants to be paid among the top players, but at times also, I want to see more from him. Right, like we're comparing him to guys like Brayden Point, Matthew Kachuk, you know, in this game Barkov. Like, there are reasons why these guys get paid the big bucks. I think Nylander is cl- is almost there, but I don't think he is quite there yet. And at the same point, the Leafs are at some point are going to have to say, we need to. We paid Austin Matthews because he is our best player. We can't continue to pay everyone close to what he's being paid because the salary cap structure just it doesn't work to allow teams to do that.
0: And I think it's like I know he's the highest paid player in the world, but it's kind of understood that he could have got more, right? Like he could have dug his heels in and probably got more. So if he was willing to, you know, take a, a couple thousand less a year to stick in Toronto, to make sure that, you know, this team goes forward and isn't cap strapped like they have been for the last few years. Hopefully that falls in line. And and that's, you know, ultimately that's, that's what tree living wanted to do when he, he did set that line with Austin. And I think that um, I, I believe at the very least that he's going to try and do the same thing with Nylander. I'd assume that's why we don't have a contract yet because, He's starting out pretty low, and Nylander clearly wants a contract in the $10 million range. That's what was has been reported. All right. They're in like the eight, five to nine range, and he's in the 10 to 10.5 10, range. Like there's a, a pretty sizable gap, which is why I think 9.7 is kind of in the middle, right? Like that's kind of in the middle of, of where we're at. Um, I've been a believer that nine five is is where I think they'll end up kind of settling in at so i guess i say under 9.7 million and and 95 is it i think my biggest issue is is with you the lack of consistency and and you know defensive plays isn't, isn't quite there and there, there's thought where it's like well mitch marner's making this amount of money and marner's never scored 40 goals in the nhl Well, marner's also a selkie candidate so he's a mm-hmm. 99 point guy and a selkie candidate that's why he makes 11 million dollars Sorry, Ned, uh, uh, Nylander, you're just not worth that. So I think you're worth a couple mil less, which would come in in a nine and a half ish range. So that's kind of where I'm at with that.
1: Yeah, and eventually there's going to be a similar conversation with Mitch Marner of where he lands. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I can't see him also getting that big of an
1: increase. No, personally, okay. I, I I thought I didn't think the contract he got was. I thought he was a bit overpaid. Right, yeah. because the problem is, is they paid Matthews first. Then it's Marner's. Like Marner's agent is just like, well, there's our there's our comparable. <laughs> We're not taking that much less than Austin Matthews, right? And yep. playing Matthews and Marner together. Now, this is not the reason why I'm saying don't play them together, but it gives this idea that Marner can come in and say, "Well, I'm riding shotgun with this guy," you know. But at the same yeah. point, I, I I just think that they got to start drawing the line somewhere. Neilander said, "It's I want to stay in Toronto. Show how much you want to stay in Toronto. Like the Leafs will pay you more than what you're making, but how much more? Like look at what uh, Devon Taves just did with with Colorado. Right? He took obviously he took less money. He mm-hmm. still got some term." But he took less money because he wanted to stay in Colorado. They want to win cups. They want a cup and they want to continue winning, winning cups. Let's see if New Linders want to make that same sort of thing and let's see if other players are willing to make those same sort of concessions as well.
0: Yeah, I mean it started, hopefully it started with Matthews and it does trickle down. Um but we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I did see CJ was on uh the Leaf report, the Athletic yeah. podcasts with uh, Myrtle and Jonas Siegel and he was saying that the worst kept secret is that the Leafs know that Nylander doesn't want to play anywhere else he wants to play in Toronto and that's why he believes that he will ultimately end up I think he threw out like 85% sure that Nylander will will resign that was just a, a number he threw out of the blue but yeah. he's that confident because that's how much Nylander has indicated he wants to remain and stay in Toronto and clearly the leafs want to keep a talented player like him around it's just going to be can we can we live with the number that he wants can we find a way to meet in the middle somewhere and make it a fair deal for both sides and uh all remains to be seen obviously that number has not uh, has not been met yet or we'd have a deal we do know that conversations, you know, both sides are willing to negotiate during the season. I mean, it's Lewis Gross, the agent who's doing it all. And then eventually he'll just be like, Hey, we got your number sign here. You know, like, it's not like Nylander's, you know, actually yeah. actively negotiating himself, but um, you know, who knows, maybe we can, we wake up one day and there is a, a nice new contract um, for William Nylander, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what what that does end up coming in at if we do get to see what that deal ends up being. All right, buddy. Uh well, we got a game on Saturday, Tampa Bay, who has not looked good to start the season by the way. And they they're coming off a win against Vancouver, who also despite the the wins against Edmonton, they they also have not been very good like the expected. Mm-hmm. The analytics aren't solid for both of those teams um Toronto should should operative word just like they should have done a lot of things so far this year they should be able to win this game on Saturday they should be able to um
1: Shoulda, woulda, coulda, I'll make a t-shirt the Toronto Maple well, Leafs story
0: no Vasilevsky remember he's out for a couple of months and that's that that blue lines it ain't it man like yeah they got Victor Hedman but after that it's slim pickings on that blue line, um, actually, I, Sergeyev's a a solid yeah,
1: player. Yeah, a well. all right. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're good players, but it's just it's
1: not. Calvin Dahan doesn't really strike a lot of fear in me going up against a Calvin Dahan. No,
0: second. or Darren Radish, who you know didn't really look good, uh, late in the series last year. Like, there's a lot of reason to think that this team ain't, ain't too great. Like, I'm looking at their. Expected goal differential right now forty two percent, forty two percent. That's fourth worst in the NHL behind the Washington Capitals who look awful. <laughs> so their expected yeah. goals against. Guess what their expected goals against is, Dave? This is how say, bad this defense. This is how bad this defense has has fared. By the way,
1: I am gotta say probably second worst in the league.
0: Nope. dead last. Worse in the league. Worse than the league. Expected goals at five on five, which. Yeah, uh, if you're not an a- analytics person, that's a statistic that measures the quality and the quantity of chances you give up on your own team. So those goalies who Art Vasilevsky, Jonas Johansson, and uh, uh, who's the other goalie that they had? I can't even remember who the heck they had. But the other goalie that was that was there, who might even be starting tomorrow. I I can't even remember if he gets the start or not. Um. yeah, they've been peppered and, and they have not been able to uh, live up to the billing of an Andre Vasilevsky, obviously, and, and mask some of the warts that live with that team. Hopefully Toronto can finally put together 60 minute performance and uh, put that team down and, and get back to their winning ways.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, this, the Panthers, they still have a good portion of their team together. The lightning, It's not going to be easy. They still got all their, their offense is still hitting on all cylinders, right? Kucherov, Stamkos, Stamkos returned to the lineup point, things like that. But yeah, that blue line, like this should be a very competitive and look in the same way that the Leafs were looking for revenge. I guarantee the lightning are going to be looking for revenge on the Leafs.
0: Oh good. I hope so. Cause apparently that doesn't do anything for teams. So,
1: (laughs) yeah. So I, I do think that this, uh,
0: Matt Tompkins, by the way, is is oh, the, yeah. the other goaltender, former Canadian Olympian Matt Tompkins, that is. Right. Um, yeah. Had uh, one game, allowed four goals. He's got an 8.92 save percentage. Jonas Johansson, an 8.93 save percentage, both of which were the goals against north of three and a half. So, has not been great for. Little,
1: yeah. I mean, the fact that unless these guys are going to be pitching shutout like Soderbloom did the other day,
0: which is obviously a possibility with this team.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You can't, you can't say we, we wouldn't say that we would be surprised, but same point.
0: I will be placing my wagers on FanDuel on the Maple Leafs in this one. That's, that's all I will say. All right, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll wrap things up and leave it there. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown lease podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck follow Dave at D underscore Morasuti and uh, follow the show as well at Lockdown lease. If you uh, enjoyed the show and you're watching here on YouTube, if you could go ahead and click that like button, that'd be greatly appreciated. us a comment down below. What concerns do you have through the first four games of the season? And, are you with Dave? Should Keith consider splitting up Matthews and Marner? Oh, let us know in the in the uh comment section below. But we'll be back with another episode for you guys on Monday to recap the weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Uh until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leafs.